This is Making Stitches and this is a very special Christmas episode looking back at this unusual year and sharing stitch stories from far and wide. Here's just a little taste of what's coming your way. And all the madness, just having that crochet and those stitches to focus on, I think can be a really helpful um, distraction and it, it's good, it's good for us. So keep crocheting and keep sharing. Every week I would make my my little crochet rainbows to go in the window and while it didn't make everything, all my anxieties or my worries and concerns etc go away, it did help me to sort of sit down and breathe. Like over sewing is that therapy of just forgetting all the difficult things that are going on and just feeling that space and seeing that space. All your listeners will know exactly what I mean. Whether you crochet or knitting or embroidery, whatever they do, they will all understand that concept totally. You see, that's what makes this, this stress blanket really quite meaningful and characters because I can spot, you know, spare bits of yarn that my granny and my mum gave me from having made uh, little jumpers or little projects for all of the kind of like grandchildren. It's nice to have that focus and at the end of the night that's what I try to do is sit down and take a few minutes for me and you know not necessarily making anything in particular just stitching away and just letting everything release through through crocheting. It's just a way to just release everything and it's just I, I just a very I don't know creative outlet and I really enjoy it. We were just short of 7,000 members weren't we on our Facebook group yeah. and now we're at 10.6 thousand. And that's just been since the pandemic started. People will comment when they first join the group and say, oh, I'm very new to crochet, will I be able to do this? So, like, there is a lot of people that are quite new. They call themselves lockdown learners. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of Making Stitches. I debated about whether I should put this out at Christmas or not, but this has been a really difficult year for so many of us. And I just wanted to give you a small Christmas gift to say thank you very much for listening and supporting Making Stitches in this year of pandemic, lockdown, isolation and everything else that's been going on. In addition to that, I know that many people will find themselves alone this year over the festive period for many reasons, and I hope that if this is the case for you, that the next little while as you listen, this will make you feel as though you're amongst friends. Making Stitches was a product of the pandemic, believe it or not. I found myself stuck at home, as did everyone else who wasn't involved in important frontline key worker roles, and I needed something to focus on aside from my crafts, which took me away from everything else that was going on. One project I began as we went into lockdown was the Pandemonium Cal or Crochet Along, created by the ladies from the Crochet Sanctuary. They released two parts each week and it gave hundreds of us, perhaps even thousands of us who were crocheting along at home in isolation, something soothing and repetitive to focus on. That gave me an idea for who I should contact to be my first guests. My podcast was a lockdown-inspired project. Why not kick it off by talking about another lockdown project? So I contacted Lisa Hesketh and Linda Rose Simonini, the crochet masterminds behind the Pandemonium Cal, 
and that interview became my very first Making Stitches episode. Well, since then, they've been very busy. In the absence of their real-life, in-person crochet sanctuary weekends, they took a leaf out of my book and set up their own podcast and hosted another blanket cal, a Christmas one this time. It was in two colourways, one called Christmas Eve and the other one Christmas Morning. And it seems appropriate to be speaking to them again at Christmas time, don't you think? Ladies, thank you very much for joining me for this special Christmas uh, episode of uh, Baking Stitches. You were my first guests way back in the beginning. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? It has. It has. We really enjoyed it, didn't we, Linda? We did. It was great. We very much enjoyed it, so thanks for having us back. My pleasure. (laughs) Well, you've been a bit busy. Apart from the fact that you've done two cows, you've got a podcast of your own these days. Well, that is down to you. We, do you know what? We actually enjoy talking about ourselves so much. <laughs> we thought, let's do one. We don't interview people. It's not professional at all, is it? <laughs> We're not professional, though, are we? Not at all. <laughs> And there's actually been three cows. Has that? Oh, pardon me. Yeah. Well, they stuck a sneaky one in after pandemonium. Oh, the baby. The baby baby panda. Yeah. Yeah. There was that many people asking how to um, make pandemonium smaller. As soon as they'd finished, Linda had, like, already designed Baby pandemonium, which is now called. I love the fact as well that everyone started calling it baby panda to the point where we had a lady message and say, "I want to see these baby pandas. I love animals." And we were like, "I'm really sorry, but it's a blanket." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Linda had already um, designed that by the time people had, had finished pandemonium. That did we have any gap at all in between the? Not much, really. No. Because we were yeah. making a Christmas blanket, like, in the middle of summer, and it was, like, really heavy well. and warm, <laughs> which wasn't ideal. No, no. So, yeah, it's been busy, very busy. Absolutely. Well, I, can I just say how much I enjoy listening to your podcast and how much <laughs> it makes me laugh? And <laughs> I don't think I've got over the eggy clacker, I have to say. <laughs> When you're remote, you can't do it very easily, can no, you? No, it's not saying that we do some that we, we could just have ready to post if like things happen. But by the time we get through one, we're just like, oh, we need a break. Let's just not talk to each other now. We're really technical, we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they're great fun to listen to. Absolutely oh, brilliant. Really enjoyed them. Thank you. We, we, we love them. We like doing them. Just <laughs> not as many as we would have liked, but... 
can't be helped at the minute, can it? So, yeah. So it's been busy. But I think it's kept kept our minds off of not being able to run our retreats. Because that's been quite stressful. Um, That's been really stressful, actually. (laughs) Um, Quite sleepless nights and things. So we have been able to run one, which was strange, wasn't it? It was, it was definitely strange. It wasn't exactly what we'd planned either because it was at Halloween. So we were having like a psychic come and our psychic couldn't come and so many different things. But it was really nice to be able to actually see everybody and and host one, even if it was only one. brilliant get back to your crochet sanctuaries on a regular basis i bet i bet your regular people are really really missing you uh, do you know it's it's funny isn't it linda because one of them started a zoom a zoom chat um and there's not many that go on it but it's like twice a week yeah it's kept them going hasn't it yeah because at least we're getting to see people and I think it's like cemented friendships because like we were friends already because they regularly attend sanctuaries but now it's like I feel like I know so much more about all of them it's like it's really nice and then we have like little in jokes and things obviously because we see each other twice a week for at least sort of three hours in total so yeah it's really good oh that's nice yeah you've still had a bit of the social aspect even though you've not been in person yeah so, it, so like when they turned up at the, at the sanctuary on that, that Halloween one, it was it, it was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same as when they were leaving, though. Like, yeah. when we did our last sanctuary before the whole COVID lockdown, we were all in tears when we were leaving because it was like, it was really sad. And it's like, when we're we going to see them? But then when they left, like, at Halloween, we were just like, oh, yeah, see ya, and just sort of waved at them. And it didn't upset us because it was like, we're going to see them in a couple of days. So aside from your sanctuaries and your virtual sanctuary and your, your one on Halloween, how would you say your crochet has helped you this year whilst all the craziness has been going on? I think massively, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it gives you the opportunity to do something that's distracting. So I have anxiety disorder, so things get to me really easily and sometimes it does stop me from crocheting because I just can't get into the the headspace to do it but if I try and get myself there as soon as I'm crocheting something I feel so much better because it's it's giving you focus and you can you can cheer yourself up just like with a bit of yarn and a hook and it's great. (laughs) The the bad side is is the spending during lockdown (laughs) on yarn. Because you've got, because you're not going anywhere, and you've got more money. It's like, well, you've got a little bit extra because <laughs> you're not going anywhere. It's, oh, crikey, the deliveries have been pretty bad. Yeah, it was really good because I didn't actually 
buy much yarn during lockdown because I was trying to use up stash, which I'm still doing. But I know I'm going to get to that point where I've used up enough to like make it valid for me to spend loads of money on other stuff. So it's it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? So like I haven't really spent that much, but I have the intention of spending it soon. So <laughs> I think for me, it's it's been um, it's not really changed much for me massively because I've still been working and. Um, it just from in here. <laughs> uh, so I think the only thing is not going, really going anywhere of an evening and on a weekend either. So I think evenings and weekends have just been non-stop which is nice. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, it's quite interesting to hear that you've been stockpiling yarn whilst other people have been doing the uh, the pasta and the toilet rolls. <laughs> Is there? Didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. cranky. Apparently so. Uh, yeah, apparently there's a there's a, a shortage. I ordered. Um, I got sent some vouchers uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was a cow kit that I was wanting to get, and um, they were sold out of half of the colours and couldn't get restock. So it took ages to come, and then I had to pick alternatives. But apparently there is a yarn shortage. And when we were ordering for a Halloween, you could actually see, couldn't you, Linda, that a lot of stuff was out of stock. Because literally the the project that Lisa, well, Lisa actually designed a hat for Halloween, and we were doing it in like a couple of colourways. And every colour that I, because I, I like really gaudy colours where Lisa's a bit more natural neutral so every gaudy colour I picked Lisa's like no they don't have it and I'm like I'm sure you're doing this despite me just so we have to get cream and grey but we managed to get some colour eventually but yeah it, it was really strange so like because I mean I nipped into Hobbycraft when we were out just before we went into the second lockdown and I hadn't been in for ages and nipped in and one of the staff members was like I hope you haven't come for yarn because we haven't got any and I sort of looked up the stairs and they only had like yellow DK and that's all they had and I was like this is very strange so yeah there's definitely been some sort of shortage. I wonder if that's because lots of people have decided to take it up as a hobby. If we've had um, an influx in the group haven't we? Um, Massively. I think we've because we, we had about, we were just short of 7,000 members, weren't we, on our Facebook group? Yeah. And now we're at 10.6,000. And that's just been throughout lockdown. Not, yeah. not throughout lockdown, since the pandemic started. So then a lot of people will comment when they first join the group and say, oh, I'm very new to crochet, will I be able to do this? So, like, there is a lot of people that are quite new. They call themselves lockdown learners. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Well, they've learnt learnt a new skill this year when everything else has gone uh, belly up. At least they've got something to show for it, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, I think it's a mixture of um, people, uh, more people taking up a you know yarny craft, and perhaps some of the yarn. Are they mills? What are they? I think they're mills, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, where they're spinning the yarn and... Manufacturers? Yes. <laughs> maybe they, I don't know, maybe they were furloughed, who knows? But yeah, apparently there is a bit of a shortage. Mm. I hope nobody listening to this goes out and panic buys, because that would just be dreadful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine? 
making stitches. Cause this panic by yarn. I don't want that on my conscience. Please don't panic by. Save some for the rest of us, please. So ladies, I know we haven't got a crystal ball and we can't exactly tell what the future is going to be like, but what what kind of creative goals have you got that you think you might be able to achieve uh, in the next few months going into 2021? Am I allowed to say, Linda? A little bit. Well, we have something coming out in springtime. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's about as big, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we do have we we have got uh, a cow coming out around about springtime. Um, uh, yeah, which uh, we're quite excited about. But we're very excited about that. Um, really, and I think this year as well, we've both because we've I know we we run the crochet sanctuaries and there's a lot of work that goes on behind it. But actually, you know what we do it. We started them because we wanted to go on retreats, <laughs> and we've really, really missed missed them. Um, and we have said that this year we are gonna. Well, once this pandemic's done and, and dusted, we are gonna start to push ourselves a bit more, not just focus on on you know the, the crochet sanctuary itself, and perhaps do. Um, we're going to be more professional at yeah. our lives, aren't we? That's 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 the crux of it. So we're going to tr- we are going to try doing more things and not just just not just weekend and days like in the hotel setting. We're going to look at doing other things in other places and workshops. And yeah, and we don't forward for stuff like that, do we? Like with yarn shops and not really because we sort of design the cows and we design for the sanctuary but we don't often just design things that we just release and things so we just want to push ourselves a bit and become a bit more professional (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we've been we've been looking at at venues around around where we are and and just you know perhaps just running local workshops and um rather than waiting for a month for a crochet sanctuary and just doing stuff perhaps weekly or fortnightly as well and the podcasts thank you linda rose and lisa i wish you all the best for your plans for next year and hopefully before too much longer i'll be able to meet you in person now back during lockdown as with all of us who took part in the pandemonium cal so many people turned to crafts as a way of helping them cope with the circumstances we were living through A couple of months ago, I asked whether anyone out there listening to the podcast would like to share their own stitch story from this year. And I'm really thrilled to say I have four stitch stories to share with you. The first is from Lisa, a crocheter and textile artist who's based in Macclesfield. She makes beautiful crocheted jewellery and machine embroidered cards and pictures, amongst other things. Lisa began by telling me about the crochet workshop she used to run in pre-COVID times. There's nothing like passing on a skill for life and someone either having a lovely afternoon and tea and cake and a, a, a nice, you know, meet and greet and get to do something. But most of my clients, I would say, 
got the bug and that was it they were off and then I was doing improvers workshops or special workshops to make a certain shawl etc you know I'd post a, a Wilma Westenberg shawl on my Instagram and the next thing you'll be getting messages from people saying oh Lisa can you do a workshop for that can you do a workshop for that blah blah so yeah it, it all took off and it was absolutely brilliant I mean I've had people who have done my workshops learned to crochet with me and then progressed wanting to do other projects who have said to me things like I used to suffer with chronic migraines and since crocheting it's really really manageable they're under control I've had people contact me even you know during lockdown oh Lisa I'm so grateful that I learned to crochet with you there's not a day that's gone by that I haven't crocheted um, it got to the stage where I was um, teaching left-handed. I'm right-handed, but I was teaching people to crochet left-handed, um, taught myself left-handed. I'm fairly ambidextrous anyway, but I taught left-handed. And it was amazing. So many left-handers would say to me, oh, I can't crochet because I'm left-handed. And I'd say, oh, bump, no way, I'll show you. And it's because they were always taught by a right-hander. There was no way they could get it, because get, getting my head around doing it left-handed took a little while. So for a left-hander to be taught right-handed, it just wasn't going to work for them. So yeah, I've got I've got scores of left-handed crocheters out there now who uh, never thought they could because they hadn't been shown. So yeah, the workshops were, were my life. I mean, it takes a lot of time, the admin, as you can imagine, going backwards and forwards. But yeah, absolutely loved it. And that is what I really, really miss really miss the workshops oh you must do just that contact with other people that we're not allowed to yeah. have anymore <laughs> sadly exactly and a lot of people um i've seen you know out and about doing workshops but they've got these huge great big workrooms, and that's great but with crochet as you'll know i literally used to grab people's hands with permission you know <laughs> and guide them through yes. the actual motion until they could feel it for themselves and then they they were off and you there's no way you could get that close to anybody at the moment so uh we'll pivot the business and carry on sewing the cards mm. oh dear so how how have how have your crafts your your sewing and your crochet got you through this year at the beginning of lockdown i you know, we're in the house and nobody knew how long it was going to last at first. You know, when we look, you look back, you forget that we didn't know. We were, we thought it would be a few weeks, three weeks. We'd just never seen anything like this. So we all couldn't get our heads around it. And so with, um, and obviously I had to cancel all my workshops, which was really sad. And then <clears throat> I started doing the, you know, we used to come out every week and clap for carers. Mm. Yeah, Thursday night. Thursday yeah. evening. Um, I live in quite a small residential street, but we'd all come out and clap. And what I started doing, my neighbour got me into it, actually. The very first week we locked down, put the fairy lights up in the garden. And um, so we all we did that. And then I started to uh, make the, the crochet rainbows. I made a tiny little crochet rainbow and I put it in the window. And then I thought, hmm, I'll make another one next week as it went on. And then I thought, right, okay, I'll make one for every week that we're in lockdown. And it was to ground me, really, because I wasn't working on a project. Um, I didn't have, feel creative because my head wasn't in the right place. And so I, I, I really, I started. 
started it kind of for the boys, you know, that I'd, I'd do this, I'd be sitting in the same room with them. And um, so I started doing one rainbow, different rainbow pattern every single week and hanging it in the window. And then I started making them for friends as well, who I thought might need a little pick-me-up just to say, you know, I'm thinking of you, sending you my love and whatnot. And then I started getting orders for them, which I wasn't advertising and didn't advertise, purely because there was a bit of, I don't want to be seen to be jumping on the bandwagon kind of thing. Mm. But anyway, every week I would make my, my little crochet rainbows to go in the window. And while it didn't make everything, or my anxieties or my worries and concerns etc go away it did help me to sort of sit down and breathe you know the rhythm of the actual making the stitches just calmed you like as if you were stroking a a pet you know a cat or a dog just grounded you a little while it was all still going on but you could just calm yourself a little bit and I also during the uh, the beginning of lockdown made some um sewn masks the um just fabric masks and I did again I didn't want to be jumping on a bandwagon so I did those for UNICEF people I made it of a batch and the way it worked was I'd seen that um, you just text this number to UNICEF and it automatically gave like a five pound donation so the way it worked was people would contact me for one and then they'd have to take a screenshot I'm a bit mean a screenshot of their <laughs> payment to UNICEF yeah and uh, I'd cover the postage myself so again that was sewing and while I only made one batch it still focused me and it made you know I wasn't making scrubs I wasn't doing anything amazing but it just mentally helped me feel as if I was doing something I mean we all felt so useless didn't we Mm, yeah there's just nothing you can do other than stay at home and do what you're told really isn't it you know but I guess yeah yeah you were able to contribute I've got a huge great big stash of fabric a huge great big Yarn. I think so most I of us do going. to be fair <laughs> <laughs> I just kept going and going I didn't need to buy anything and I stopped actually making the rainbows on the um after the 10 weeks because I, I forget the lady's name now which is terrible um she um was the nurse wasn't she that it that, that got the um, got it all going that started up the the clapping for carers etc and she said right let's let's call it a day now after that 10 weeks so that's when I thought right yeah I'm gonna stop because I'm hanging them all in the window I mean some of them like pom-pom garlands etc but my husband was just like looking every week thinking my goodness we're not gonna see daylight if she carries on much longer (laughs) so I, I stopped that for a bit um but what was really nice about that time was um, someone got in contact with me through Instagram. Um, I think it's called the People, not the People's Project. Oh gosh, oh what are they called? It was the, the the People something or another anyway. And what they do is they ma- massive great big um, commissions that they do worldwide is where they collect lots and lots of photographs, thousands and thousands and thousands of photographs, and make it into a great big mural. And what they were doing was one for the NHS, and it was called the sort of rainbows in windows for the NHS, etc. And they did this great big exhibition where they, I think it was, I get me wrong, it might be 20,000 images. And they had it in Piccadilly um, Circus on the big screen in Piccadilly Circus. And it was just a picture of like, clouds and a rainbow and a blue sky but when they've got it on their website 
when you zoomed in, you could see they were all made up of individual pictures. And through my rainbows in windows, they picked up on me. And one of my little pictures of my little rainbow and my fairy lights is, is in there somewhere at the top. So that, that was a really nice thing, you know, to feel part of a, a bigger thing. That, and when you looked at all these other photos, you know, it was all people's COVID photos. And, you know, so many other people in that, one picture all together. Yeah, so that was something weird that came out of it unexpectedly, you know. That was Lisa, also known as Teal and Tangerine Maker on Instagram, who's based in Macclesfield. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing your stitch story. This year, amidst the pandemic, my family moved house and countries from Gibraltar, where we'd been living for over a decade, back to Manchester, where I grew up. Now, one of my Gibraltarian friends who I had to say goodbye to is Sarah. She contacted me to say she'd like to tell me her story, how returning to the crochet she'd learned as a child had helped her cope with the stresses and strains of lockdown, working from home and keeping the family entertained and educated. It's something that I'd kind of left in the in the wayside for for quite a number of years. You know, there's always like the the kind of like bag of yarn, isn't there, at the back of your wardrobe from like projects that you're not quite, you know, finished. You know, anybody who's who's, who's, uh, been a crafter, a knitter or a crochet person um, can relate to that. But I really got into it while having been like locked, you know, away. And especially because I'd been suffering from quite a lot of stress, um, at the beginning of this uh, of this year, 2020 really hasn't treated us very well. Um, and basically, it was nice to go, go kind of like go back to it, and it's quite meditative. And it's I, I've managed to finish a few pieces which I hadn't done in a long time. I've got myself, and it kind of links me up to other really quite relaxing like pastimes, like listening to books, you know, audio books. So it's almost like been able to have like two positive pastimes um for the price of one which oh. is you know i listen to my book and i i kind of like get on with my with my repetitive kind of like you know um crochet and and it's brilliant it really you know and winds me down at the end of the day is it something you think you'll stick with if we ever do return to normal well, it's, um, it's something that I've always done. This this kind of like goes back to um, to way when I was like you know a, a young child. My mum's always um, been able to spot when I've been a little bit stressed out because she she says, "Oh, look at her! She's she's at at um, her stress blanket again." And um, if you saw my stress blanket, it it um, it's kind of like a history of. Um, Sarah and crochet over the years. It started when I was must have been uh, eleven, and it's a knobbly old kind of blanket made out of different bits, which I always return to when when I'm I feel like I need to kind of like switch off and and kind of uh, get into that stitching and and it's almost like mindless stitching. Yeah, I'm not making anything. So it's definitely something I'll stick to. And absolutely, yeah. That's Pardon remarkable. Me. So it's your your stress blanket has been on the go since you were about 11. 
Yeah, it's been hiding, to be fair. It's been hiding in my mum's attic for the past maybe 10, 15 years. Probably since, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I got back from you, yeah, when I got back from training age 30 or so, just before Finley was born. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I swear, it was like a 20 year old like, job. And it was like, oh, I mean, I didn't do much of it because, as you can imagine, like each kind of like circle, it was a circular one. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, uh, it, each of it would take me like absolutely ages. And, you know, my rate of crochet age 11, 12, 13 wasn't my rate of crochet, you know, in my 20s, thankfully. <laughs> Because I would have taken it over. And obviously, you know, there were other bits and other projects that I would do. But the stress blanket, it was, it, honestly, you, now, age 45, I think I would lay it on my bed because it's got so much character. But it was it was pretty much not a functional object. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so what colours have you got in it? Well, all of them, really. But, you see, that's what makes this, this stress blanket really quite... Um, um, meaningful and characters because I can spot they were you know spare bits of yarn that my um, granny and my mum gave me from having made uh, little jumpers or little projects for for all of the kind of like grandchildren so there's like one which like this this kind of dusty blue that always reminds me of uh, my cousin because he had a little like jumper made out of that and it was almost like a favorite jumper there's bits that were a shawl blanket for like christening i think it must have been like my my cousin's niece uh, my cousin's yeah my cousin's uh, christening you know so i know because it's a particular fluffy one for wow. so all the colors i mean like seriously it is it's a mess but it's it's you know where i honed my skills it's a special mess by the sounds of things, though. Yeah, yeah, it's got, I mean, you know, at one point it was all blues and then blues and whites, no? And then it, you know, it slowly turned into like little bits of pink and, and burgundy and, you know, browns. I think it kind of, you know, and, and the brown, now that I mentioned the brown, the brown had like a little bit of a, a, a kind of um, a yellow kind of like bits in the yarn. And, and that was from um, a waistcoat that my mother crocheted for me. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's got a lot of meaning, really. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah, for sharing the story of your stress blanket. What a special, long-standing work in progress that is. Now back to one of my previous guests on Making Stitches. Back in episode two, I spoke to Eleonora Tully, the crochet designer behind Coastal Crochet, and some wonderful creations, including three blanket crochet alongs to date. Her episode went out at the start of her 2020 crochet along called The Beachcomber Blanket, which, like so many of her projects, was inspired by her surroundings on the south coast of England. I spoke to Eleonora again a couple of weeks ago and asked her how her year had been since. 2020 is a year like no other. And as you say, in one way, here we are at December, nearly the end of the year. You think, gosh, wow, that was quick. But on the other hand, what a year where it's just dragged for obvious reasons so yeah unbelievable really how has it been for you in a crochet sense 
in a crochet sense, it's actually been incredibly busy. Um, I think last time I spoke with you, my beachcombing crochet along had just started. I think we just launched week one. Um, and it's amazing. I think because the timing of that, completely unintentional on my part, was in the midst of the, you know, the, the initial pandemic and obviously the initial lockdown, I think a lot of people turned to um, creativity and craft to keep themselves sane during those really difficult first few months. So the, yeah, the crochet along, just it just became amazing because lots of new people learning to crochet, sort of word of mouth. So again, um, it snowboarded into, into something, you know, really amazing um, and kept me very busy. So it was great. And I think lots of people who finished the blanket, I had lots of messages, people thanking me that it had really helped them through that, that first lockdown. Um, which was really lovely for me to hear. Um, and it was a completely unexpected sort of, you know, side effect of the first crochet on. Amazing. Yeah. I, I think an awful lot of people have found it really important to have something creative that they can focus their attentions on because it's something you can do at home. It doesn't require much equipment, just a hook and your imagination and some yarn, really. So would you say and that it's been really important to you as well from a personal point of view? 100%. I think, again, when we first spoke, I'd, you know, just launched the crochet along. And when you're actually doing the crochet alongs, um, you know, I'm making sure the patterns are all, all ready. I've got my photo photography all done, the video tutorials, and I'm responding to comments. So during the crochet, along, I'm quite active and, and quite sort of busy with it. It keeps me going. And it wasn't until it ended. So I think it ended in June time. And I suddenly thought, gosh, and I felt a little bit lost for a few weeks. And, you know, on reflecting on that, I thought, my gosh, that crochet along kept me going as much as the people who had joined in. I just didn't realise it at the time. I was just on the treadmill of doing it. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. That The whole, you know, crochet along and, and the community and the togetherness just kept me going in ways that I am very grateful for, definitely. Oh, that's lovely to hear because certainly you see comments on social media of people who've taken part in these things and they've said themselves how much it's helped them. But it's interesting to hear that it's helped you as the creator as well. Absolutely. And that really surprised me. That sort of came out of nowhere right at the end. I thought, gosh, wow. <laughs> so that makes it, it, it made it special for me too, which is lovely. It's nice that it's a two-way process um, for the people taking part and, and me as a designer too. So really lovely. Oh, that's great. Now, looking ahead to 2021, of course, we're all hoping that things are going to improve on, on many, many scores. What kind of things are you hoping to achieve in, in, in your crochet design and, and, you know, creativity generally? Um, wow, gosh, yes, 2021. Um, there will be another crochet along. It's become an annual event. Um, I've done three now, so this the next one will be my fourth. Um, and yeah, I've kind of committed to that for the time being, being an annual event. So I've already started designing it. Actually, I've already I've finished designing the next one, and hopefully over the next few weeks, just before Christmas, I'll be able to you know, release more information about that and maybe give some sneak previews because it, it's all ready to go, really. So I'm hoping to launch that sort of end of February time, um, beginning of March, around that time. So there will be another crochet along. Um, and I've got other commissions too. Um, I've got some commissions for some other sort of companies, design work that I'm 
busy doing behind the scenes. So there's a lot of behind the scenes crochet for me at the moment, which hopefully I'll be able to share with you all um, in 2021. So yeah, hopefully it'll be a good year. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's great that we've got something to look forward to and not too long to wait then the end of uh, February, beginning of March. It's no, not that far I'm, away, is it? I'm not that long at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Eleonora, would you have any message to to any of the people who've taken part in your crochet alongs over Christmas? Gosh, I just hope that everybody has a really, uh, you know, a a lovely Christmas. It's going to be a different Christmas. Obviously, you know, big family gatherings are probably not going to be possible. Um, Just to stay safe and, and hopefully embrace what we're doing now, which is that technology. So still being able to see people face to face, it's not the same, is it? But just keep those connections going um yeah keep sharing the crochet and keep doing the crochet because in all the madness just having that crochet and those stitches to focus on i think can be a really helpful um distraction and it's it's good it's good for us so keep crocheting and keep sharing definitely Oh, that's wonderful, Eleonora. Thank you so much for speaking to me for making stitches today. I hope you and your family have a wonderful Christmas and let's keep everything crossed for a great 2021. Thank you so much, Lindsay. You too. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Eleonora has in store for us with her next crochet along in spring. Back to Stitch Stories now and Diane from Stitchscape. Diane loves to quilt and embroider and runs workshops and socials where other fans of sewing can get together and enjoy their craft all together at the same time. That, of course, has been impacted with the COVID restrictions put in place this year. Diane looked at new ways of connecting with people instead and started her own podcast as well as online meetups. What I also set up was a um, Zoom social quilt along. I invited people to um, join a Zoom meeting every night, every weekday night. Yeah, I think it was about nine of us and we met uh, five nights a week for 40 minutes at a time for three months and we did uh, we sewed um, obviously we talked for 40 minutes because on Zoom you get 40 minutes for free <laughs> so we used to do the, and, and again it's enough because it, we're doing it meeting that often in a week but 40 minutes a night is actually quite a bit of time so we all really did um, give ourselves to this group and we did challenges. We all made the same quilt, but in our own fabrics. And that quilt was designed by Jane, who was in the group as well. And Jane works for Cotton Patch. And then there's Jenny, who has a long arm quilt um, machine. And she was in there. Um, there was somebody from America, but most of us from the UK. Oh, one in Northern Ireland, Heather in Northern Ireland. So these fabulous people that I got so connected with in that lockdown period for three months, that was a real godsend. That was just brilliant. And we still meet once a month now. We still do um, challenges for each other. And we made gifts. And, oh, it's just been such a great group, really has. And they all get their quilts quilted by Jenny now. They send them off to her to do her in a long arm. And it's just fabulous. Um, And hopefully we'll get to meet next year sometime or meet you know for those of us who hasn't actually physically met 
we'll hopefully get an opportunity to all meet up in the flesh next year and have a right good old bevy to celebrate. <laughs> that sounds like um, a plan. <laughs> yeah, definitely a plan. And also, in between all of this sewing, 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 somebody uh, I know, Kirsty, called it over-sewing. She, she called it, like, you almost sew too much. You know, like, constant just one project after the other because it you just so want to be in that happy place of just looking at the colors and the patterns of the beautiful fabrics the way you're cutting it the way the pieces fit together the getting the tool out to do this sitting down to do it your whole world is just looking and feeling and experiencing those pretty nice things. So I think that's what we felt by over-sewing is that therapy of just forgetting all the difficult things that are going on and just feeling that space and seeing that space. It's just, and, and that's all your listeners will know exactly what I mean. Um, for whether they do crochet or knitting or embroidery, whatever they do, they will all understand that concept totally. Well, I completely agree with Diane about using crafts to take my mind off what's been going on elsewhere. I've been guilty of overdoing craft projects at times myself. You can find Diane's podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's called Patchwork Play. Thanks very much for speaking to me, Diane. And finally, to our furthest flung stitch story. This has been a global pandemic after all, and nowhere on the planet has escaped unscathed. For Rebecca, a mother of two in Ontario in Canada, crochet has been her solace to ground herself after a day at home with the children who've not been to school since March. Well, definitely crochet uh, is pretty much my main, my main, my main go-to for my calm down time and relaxing and all that stuff I have tried my hand at knitting which was very unsuccessful <laughs> I find it very difficult so um I, I pull it up once in a while give it a little try again but um it's it's pretty fun I don't know my, my grandmother was a beautiful knitter so I try to pull it up once in a while to you know look <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> and embroidery I do a little bit of embroidery not not as much but um I've played around with that a little bit. That's fun too. Oh, super. Now, we were just chatting before we turned the microphone on and you have been at home with your kids since March this year. Mm -hmm. Um, How have crafts helped you cope with what's been going on this year? It's been very grounding and kind of like a refocus for me because, um, you know, as you know, like being a mom that, during the whole day, you're just being kind of pulled in all different directions and you gotta, you know, just, you're always there for, for everybody else. And at the end of the night, it's sometimes hard to just kind of pull yourself back to, you know, to yourself and just finding things for you to do that, you know, aren't kids stuff or just, you know, so it's nice to have that focus. And at the end of the night, that's what I try to do is sit down and take a few minutes for me and, you know, not necessarily making anything in particular, just, stitching away and just letting everything release through through crocheting it can be very therapeutic can't it just the repetition of the movements of you know rows or whatever it is you're working on 
absolutely. It's 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 very freeing too. It's just it's just a way to just release everything, and it's just I it's just a very I don't know creative outlet, and I really enjoy it. And what about the the craft community online? Oh my goodness, it's just amazing. Um, the connections that I've made are just it, it it just it's just a nice way to bring everybody together in a way that and everybody's rooted in the same the same craft, you know, and it's just, if you, if you need some inspiration, I can, you know, I open up Instagram and I browse through and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's just so much color and texture and ideas. And it's just, it just kind of sparks that, that creativity again. You know, if you're, you need a little bit of inspiration or you need some ideas or just, you need to pick me up, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to be part of. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I find it an incredibly supportive community as well. There's very little judgment out there, isn't there? Uh, I've been very fortunate to have met so many wonderful people who are so welcoming and just encouraging. Um, you know, I could I could name off so many people who I would, you know, I could send a question off to and I know that they would reply, you know, and very happily help me out with, with anything. And, you know, I, I, I would be the same way to them. It's just, it's a very supportive community to be part of. Yes, I, I totally agree. Now, it's been quite a year, hasn't it, with one thing and another. Looking to the future, what would you say were your craft goals for next year? Uh, crafty goals for this year. Um, definitely yarn dyeing. I tried a kit this year and it really sparked something. So I think that's something I want to try to do more of next year. Um, trying new yarns, new weights of yarn. and just There's so much out there and it's just I just want to try it all. <laughs> I don't know what I would make with it yet, but I just want to, just want to try it. Um, I'd like to keep up with maybe releasing a couple new patterns um, and just continuing to connect with other people and just make meaningful, positive content to share with everybody else. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing your stitch story. I look forward to seeing what you produce next year. And if you'd like to see Rebecca's work, you can find her at Sweet Bee Crochet on Instagram. She's been making some really cute crocheted Christmas decorations lately. And that brings this rather long Christmas episode of Making Stitches to an end. Thank you to all of my guests on this episode and everyone who's spoken to me for the podcast this year. I've really enjoyed speaking to everyone and I've loved being able to share those conversations with you. And thank you for listening this year. It's been great having your company. I hope that this has brought you a bit of Christmas cheer and that you've enjoyed listening to everyone's 2020 Stitch Stories. That's all from me for Making Stitches this year. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode for you featuring another inspiring maker. My name's Lindsay and this podcast was recorded and edited by me. You can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thanks again for listening and until next time, keep safe, have a peaceful Christmas and all the best for the new year. And of course, enjoy your crafting.